0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Backliners podcast. It's aggro, no Barracuda this week he's off doing big boy job things uh you know Disgusting. all that kind of good stuff i know who would dare to to have a big boy job um certainly not either of us uh instead we've got bobby joining the show uh here to talk about last weekend's not this last weekend because that was thanksgiving weekend but the weekend before that and the road to worlds qualifiers some teams qualifying to this Smite world championship bobby thanks for uh thanks for hopping on um yeah giving us a uh dude i literally told bobby right before this meeting i was like i'm just gonna try and not get in trouble uh and say anything uh that you know is gonna get posted on reddit and my i literally i'm gonna do it anyways uh already but, yeah of course i was gonna say it's not it's gonna be nice to have a frontliner uh on the show um much like how the balance team needs to have a frontline main uh which has been a really True. big talking point uh True. lately um and yeah, literally 30 seconds in and I'm already like saying things. Yep. Like, that's, that's on Reddit. So. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess because people will be like looking for some, some amount of meta discussion um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I will say this about all the discussion that's been happening. Um, I have read legitimately every single Reddit thread. For the past month that has had to do with mage solos warriors being weak whatever you want you know whatever part of that discussion you want to hear um i have read every single one and i go back and look because you know there will be more comments and all that kind of stuff um so multiple times uh we i you know understand and we understand on the balance team that this is a discussion in a, in a meta, in a situation we find ourselves in that people are not, our players are not happy with. Um, you know, patch notes are coming up. I'm not going to give too much away, but uh, we will be doing some things. Uh, we don't want to completely change, you know, the, the entire landscape of the game right before the world championship because Bobby is a former player. That's something that, as you know, we try not to do um oh it's a bit quiet sorry everyone let me turn it up a little bit oh i see it is a bit quiet um but you know that so we don't want to have the players have to learn a massive new amount of things um uh about how to how to play the game uh, before the, the world championship but something clearly needs to be improved upon um so you can expect that we will oh i see it was the wrong volume knob bobby what, what? that's what it How was There you i had the wrong knob getting messed up there we go um there will be some amount of change um i don't you know don't expect the entire game to it's not a it's not a new season worth of change but it is a heavier a significantly heavier balance pass than we would typically do before the world championship which is already probably spoiling a little bit too much um so just just to say i'm not going to comment a whole lot about the meta because i know it's kind of a sensitive topic right now but i promise you uh the words that are being said are being read by me uh by other members of the balance team all that kind of stuff and we are. It, it is something that we are taking into heavy consideration uh, when determining that. Was that good, Bobby? Do you think I'm going to get in trouble for that?
2: Yeah, that was the good part of it. The beginning part, m- maybe a little less. But yeah,
1: I mean, come on. Good well, we, for now, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna quadruple down, but oh, I'll no. say, I'll save that for later in the episode because you, as we all know, I get spicier as we go. Um,
2: yeah, it's like it's like drinking when you start your podcast. Yeah, except you really? don't even need alcohol. It's just
1: what slowly. do you what do you think is in the cup? Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Bear and I have talked about doing like, a, a more casual podcast episode where we enjoy some beverages, but you know, with like sponsors and that kind of stuff, you never know like what's like kosher. Um, yeah, but maybe we could get like a alcohol sponsor of some kind and then it's appropriate. You know what and then
2: I mean? That's literally what you're supposed to do.
1: Yeah, we have to. So, you know, maybe that's something we'll have to, uh, get on in the future. Um, anyways uh let's talk a little bit about the smite that happened um not too long ago it was a a very big tournament of course as these teams were getting prepared to qualify for the world championship and it started off with the highland ravens and the jade dragons um this i thought this set was a really interesting one to start with here bobby because these are in my opinion coming into this um there's three clear top teams right it's, yep. the, it's the Leviathans, the Ferryman, and the Warriors. Those three are undisputed head and shoulders above the other teams in the league. The J Dragons and the Highland Ravens are kind of in that who's going to be number four Agreed. range right now. And uh, this set, I felt, pretty clearly showed that there is also a gap between the Dragons and the Ravens uh, with the Dragons winning at 3-1.
2: Yeah, I think... It said, I think it said a lot about both teams. I think both the Ravens had a really poor understanding of the meta. Like, their prios were weird, and then kind of some of the the ways they played the map were also a little weird. And, and the Dragons were confident with what they wanted to do, even if it wasn't the exact same as, like, the top three teams. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it worked. They looked good against them, and they looked... I, I, there's definitely things they can improve on, but they are already just, like... Every week you see them play, they just get better, it seems like. Yeah. And it's more so than any of the other teams, even, like, the top threes.
1: Yeah, and that's a big reason why a team would make a roster change uh, late in the year is because it kind of reopens your ceiling a little bit, right? You're you're just not—you're making that progress a little bit more quickly again, and I think yeah. that that's a, a good thing for a team. I agree. I very much agree. Um, I will say—dude, I cannot get out of my own way, man. I, I did want—when I was watching this set, I wanted to talk about this chalk pick for Haddix— um, because even though, uh, it only won one out of the three games he played it, um, I thought it was a smart pick into the mage solos. The Gaia, it was Gaia first into, yep. uh, Poseidon Gaia yep. most recently got a buff. One of the big things that is talked about with mage solos is they out sustain you, uh, or they poke you down too much. You can't get poked out with stone of Gaia chalk. It's just like not possible. Um, and then he was dealing, you know, he was a relevant frontliner uh, throughout the late game. N- maybe not the most relevant, but that's always kind of chalks issue, anyways. But I, I did like th- that idea from Haddock's and uh, thought it- thought it wasn't the primary reason why they were struggling. Yeah, I think I, I think the chalk
2: pick looked good. I like th- th- I thought thought the Gaia was good, especially because they were just able to counter pick kind of, mm-hmm. and then have to put like a ton of value into the chalk. It, I, I, a lot of it really comes down to how their dual lane performed in this set. Their dual lane played... Stinky. Poor. Very Stinky. poor. Yeah, Both of them. Both. Yes. I, I think Hurry he played... He had a couple game Or, uh, like, one game I think where he played fine. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the dual lane just got diffed so hard by Coast and by Mike. Yep. And Scream wasn't able to do much on the map because, like, every purple was invaded. Every shield buff was, was confirmed by the dragons. And... Venenu is also not able to do too much. So, I mean, you have a stalemate solo lane, a absolutely get shit on duo lane, and then your mid lane is also just like a mage, so it's not too much you can really do. Right. It's hard to play games like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, Zap got his damage tripled in game four. Uh, 34k wow. for Coast, 11.7k uh, for him. Uh, that 11? 11.7. Your- versus- Who did he play? He played on her. That was the only game that Coast didn't play on her in this set. Oh, they uh, picked it away. <laughs> yeah, they picked it away. They top-two'd it. Um, and Coast just responded with Hachiman right away and went 5 one and one thirty 9 uh, Oh, like that reminds K. me. That reminds me. That set, when you see
2: Coast play on her, he is sitting on your tower line. The whole game. In that game, Coast was Hachiman, and he was still sitting on Zap's tower line.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's Why, not a good how? spot to be. It's <laughs> Like, that's definitely not good. So... I mean, Zap has just always been the type of player where I feel like you can just tell, oh, Zap's going to 1v9 for us today. Like, he's in the zone, you know? Like, he's cooking. If you go, you know, game one, he's he's a veteran player. You know he can have a bad game and then bounce back and still be in it. When he drops two stinkers back to back, you're like, We're, we are in trouble today. Uh, and that ended up, being the case um and again one of the the upsides of zap is that he can have one of those stinkers one day and turn around and look like the best adc that's ever lived the next day um spoiler alert that didn't happen this tournament but you have that benefit at the very least but yeah i don't know man i mean there's obviously uh there's a podcast i did with barracuda um that was a, a big roster change uh it is not and it's not, of course, fair to look at these results and be like, oh, it was the wrong move to make. But Zap did not play particularly well. And neither did Hurry. Uh and if, even though I liked Haddock's chalk game, something that I noticed when I was going back over these stat lines, that I think this is gonna be this is gonna sound like a little bit troll, but Haddock's had two deaths this set as a frontliner. Yeah. You kind of need him to die, right?
2: Yeah, th- the games were weird. Like they were really slow games, and they were just bleeding out in duo. Mm-hmm. And then they would take like one fight at fire, and they just lose. Or like under Phoenix, and just lose. Actually, it wasn't even at fire. They gave up like every fire. It was like under Phoenixes. They would defend one Phoenix and then just lose.
1: Yeah, but isn't like I mean this is a this is an issue you never had to deal with, Bobby. Where you die, where you didn't die enough in a game. Yeah, no, they would tell me. Please, <laughs>
2: for please the love God. that all is
1: holy, stop dying. Stop, yeah, exactly. But, like, I'm just saying, if my soul laner died two times across four games, I'd be a little, like, go die. Like, that's your job sometimes. You can win a fight by dying, especially yeah, as a frontliner. The entire set, he only died three, two he, times? He, he died twice, the whole set the whole set uh i can't see the stats for warriors ravens later on that tournament Uh but now i'm gonna look because i'm curious on how many but i mean i feel like that's a something that you know you'll hear oops sorry you're gonna hear some audio there for a sec uh you know captain twig is dying for a good reason and when he's playing well uh you know all all that kind of stuff let me yeah. see uh okay game one loss he died twice against the warriors he went one and two so you know that's we're getting there um let's see game two game two he does not die at all zero zero five game three uh he dies four times so across what seven games that's Six, uh, eight deaths in seven games. Yeah, that's not enough, right?
2: That is very low. But to be fair, Zapman is probably dying enough for him now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, Zap, uh, Zap is definitely putting in the work there. Six deaths, game three for Zap. Yeah,
2: seven deaths a game, I think, was Zap, not the entire two sets.
1: He averaged seven deaths a game. No, I'm that that's what I would Oh, oh yeah, like he, yeah, you're right. He outdied on, like, him. Or he outdied him. Yeah, yeah, I used to talk totally for a living, by the way. Uh yeah. yeah, he has he has a lot more deaths than Haddock's uh overall. He yeah. died six times in game one alone. Um Yeah, he died I, a lot more. That, I just feel like you know, there there have been some soul laners that are more you know, I don't want to say the like forbidden phrase for a player. Like calling someone a KDA player is like a huge is a huge deal. That hurts, right? That's a that's a that's a hurtful statement. But there have been solo laners in the past. I thought Aqua was really guilty of this for a couple years, uh, like on that SSG team, where he would play his life too much. Um, yeah. Benji was never someone who was going to play his life. Oh, uh, nope. if he was. On a team where he felt like he could win, uh, he would go in like his score lines didn't always look great, but he was always out impacting uh the enemy solo laner. That's because his damage as a front line, you're supposed to die. Like you're supposed to His damage
2: to die. as like a solo laner has got to be like top five average all time. Because there's fights where yes he dies, but he does eighty percent of three players' health, and then the jungler just comes and cleans it up. Screams just there to like triple kill. But yeah. Benji's definitely like top five for damage done in games.
1: Oh, easily. I mean, I think I don't think there's a bigger gap between the best player ever in a role and the second best player ever in a role than Benji to the next best soul leaner, who for my money would probably be Deathwalker. Uh I think like even I think Paul is the best player ever. I think Yaman is closer to Paul than anyone is to Benji in solo. I think he stands head and shoulders above every other solo laner historically.
2: Yeah. Trying to think of like the other roles, it's like, it's pretty close to some of them.
1: Yeah. The other roles are actually kind of hard. Like I I feel like it's hard to make an argument against adapting, um, in the jungle, but I think there are a lot of great junglers, uh, historically, like honestly, if Panatom wins this year, he's going to be, he's going to be right there. Uh, you know, you look at, um, how many great junglers there have been? Aninster ruled the league until Kennet took over. Um, you got to talk about Sino too, surely, right? Yeah, Sino's definitely in that conversation. Uh, I think it's. I think it is. It kind of has to be Kennett. It, ha- then, it has to be him at one. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be. Um, and then ADC, I think, is probably the hardest. Well, no, jungle is kind of hard. I, I mean, I don't know why we're get, we're just getting derailed into this, but it's the typical <laughs> podcast content. I think. I think, like, it's really hard to not say Zap because he's the three-time, right? Yep. Um, but I think I would still put PandaCat as the top ADC. Um, but, again, you look at Bear's career and how long he was uh, a power player in the position. You look at Zap. You look at, you know, there's so many really, really good uh, ADCs that have, like, kind of dominated for a little bit. Yarkor is in this, like, weird zone because do you consider him more, like, ADC or solo, but he's just clearly one of the blanket best players that we've ever had. He's
2: probably the most impactful player of all time considering he MVP Levi's, changes roles, goes over to the Kings, and then... Wins again? For my money, he was the second best player on that Kings team. It was... I think him and genetics were the top two.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you look at, like... Yeah, I mean, I think Cyclone is like... That's the one I was... Yeah, Cyclone has had that same level of impact across multiple teams. Cyclone's definitely in the greatest ADC of all time conversation for sure. Um, He played solo too for a bit, right? Yeah, he dominated in solo season two. He was like... uh, It was kind of... Because at first, when Epsilon started winning, this is from a very NA biased perspective, uh, Epsilon kind of came out of nowhere um from our perspective because and it and it did really in europe too because that was a team that raffer kind of just like tossed together and it wasn't until like they had a dominant spring and a dominant summer that everyone was like oh yo this team is like actually legit before that it was really cyclone weekend like those envy guys like snipe like they were the ones who were kind of the the team to beat um that year before everyone realized like how insane uh that epsilon roster kind of was and cyclone i thought was pretty clearly considered the best player in the world at that point um yeah i remember but then baskin got called up on i think it was denial uh at the time um and everyone was like holy crap this guy's obviously nuts like that was that was a really fun time i don't even remember baskin playing on a team that
2: wasn't that barracuda team
1: yeah, he played on, I, I want to say, I mean, I could probably look it up. Um,
2: you know this type of SPL more than I do, because this was like as I started playing Smite.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, what, what year did you start playing?
2: Uh, season two, I started playing.
1: Early season, season two. two, I started okay.
2: playing. Yeah. Yeah. But Ugh. I didn't know what SPL was until like season three or something.
1: I've still got it baby yeah he came up on denial um in spring yeah he started in may uh and then he joined cog for like a month and then he got picked up by cloud nine like very quickly after that um but yeah he kind of he came up in May and he just like immediately started dominating from May into the summer and then joined cog for a little bit then joined cloud nine um. After they kicked Omega, uh, was kind of his thing. But yeah, Baskin who was I who were we maybe it was it was like at Thanksgiving I had some people over and we were talking about who the best player who hasn't won a ring is. And I think Wooney is number one on that list by I don't think it's even close. Like I don't think anyone else is even in the conversation for me. Like Deathwalker is, is maybe in it, but I mean now that Twig and Variety have theirs, it's
2: I mean, Baskin is probably number one, and I don't think it's particularly close. Maybe Deathwalker, but I feel like Deathwalker played less than Baskin, right? He
1: did. He did. And what makes the difference for me, because this conversation happened, uh, Deathwalker had those chances in finals. Like, Wooney hasn't even played in a final yet. What? Yeah, he hasn't. I don't think he's made it past semis. Uh, Well, he's clearly not made it past semis. I'm not even sure how many times he's made it to semis um I don't think they made it to semis on soar this LG team like he he was on space station and then he went to e-united and they got upset in quarters by trifecta the the Paul Sam Neil trifecta team oh um and then he the, quit the year after right then, for he a bit? Qu- then he then he quit for no no then he went to Splite. yeah he quit. Uh, played SEC, then came back for a little bit to play with Splice in the middle of the year, but then went back to SEC. Um, and then he came back and played on EU united uh, And he made semis last year? No, both lost... Um, oh, they did make semis last year, didn't they? Because they played against uh, Hex Mambo. Oh, yeah, the they beat quarters. Mambo in round one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that but was... He, the- I- that was the semis wow
2: i can't even remember him playing on the bolts
1: yeah he was good last year he was good um it wasn't what he's been this year where i think he's been the best solo by a significant margin for the vast majority of the year Sots had his moments um but yeah agreed yeah uh season two semis on cloud nine yes that's right neon thank you yeah that set against epsilon um was was crazy Uh, I really think, I think part of it is he is a better player this year, but I think,
2: I swear, Sino just makes everybody around him look better because of how much he does not care how bad he looks.
1: Yep. Yep. You want to talk about the opposite of a KDA player? No one cares about, he actually cares about getting a negative KDA. Bro, that's why,
2: I'm telling you, that's why the Obey team was so bad. It's because I didn't care about my KD. <laughs> he didn't care about his KD. Wolfie didn't care about his KD. Ducky didn't care about his KD. Wow, he cared about his KD, but too much. Like, yep. we just had nothing.
1: Yeah. No, it's true. You need a mix of selfish and unselfish players. And we talked about that on the podcast after Barra got dropped in that I think Barra is, is one of the ADCs who doesn't care very much about his KD and zap is the one who has never cared about his kd yeah and that's why i thought that move was more lateral than anything else um yeah because you're it, that's what i think the ravens problem has been is that ven is a player who doesn't care about his kd and neither is Zap. and i i think you really do need one backliner who cares yep uh, yep you do having two is bad um and one is not better than the other uh they both are difficult in their own way. They both have their strengths and weaknesses for like what they bring to a team. But I really think the best teams always have a mix um, of KDA players in their backline, in particular. I'd be hard pressed to find a team with KDA frontliners who finds a lot of success. Uh, I think your frontliners need to be willing to die basically all the time. I truly think that either your mid or your ADC can be the only KDA player on your team. I think it's I think bad to have a KDA jungler. I think it's bad to have a KDA frontline uh, basically all the time.
2: I think it's it, with frontline, it's like you, you need to have one of your frontliners, like jungle solo support, that is willing to get every fight started. Mm-hmm. And it, that, that's you only need one. Obviously, two is going to be better. But I think you kind of need like a hyper carry. Frontliner, sometimes too. Like, you need to have a jungler that can sometimes carry. You need to have a solo that can sometimes carry.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Obviously, I think the last, who was the last support that really carried? The one that comes to mind was, do you remember watching like Rival with Kallus?
1: Colossus, or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Genetics Wolfie definitely of... was last year, right? Well, to the kings. when
2: I say, when I say like carry, like he would pick Ares and they would literally hold him farm. He'd be ahead or, or sometimes ahead of Wolfie and sometimes like even. And then, uh, I don't remember who their jungler's name was. Ice, uh, Ice Ice. Ice Ice would, all, would always be below him. Yep. But, like, it worked for that team. That team just did that really well.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Dardaz, when he was on Elevate, they would do that for him. They would, like, hold farm for him, um, and let him play more of a carry style. To be clear, I think you can carry with a, K- with a non-KDA mentality. Like, you can be willing to die and carry games, um... It's just got to come from your ability to be willing to die. And that doesn't mean that your KDAs are always going to be bad. You can have your four, one, four losses as a non KDA player. But if, if you're doing a lot of one, two death games in losses, uh, and then it, that becomes a trend. Um, yeah. I still remember, man, our set against uh, that eager team with myth. Uh, you the one that retired me that he talks about all the time. Uh, I finished that game zero, zero, zero. Uh, we got like two kills. Um, they you out of the jungle, huh? No, they got like four kills. They just had to release Fafnir and they got every objective as it spawned. Never fought us a single time. It was the most, it was the most cowardly thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, but I still remember as soon as we like ended that game, I was like, I should have died somewhere. Like surely there was a moment where I played my life where I should have gotten in there a little bit more and baited them into a worse fight or gotten them to use more so that uh, Keegs could pop off because he was our ADC at the time. Um, You know, like, ending a game with zero deaths as a backliner is more acceptable, but in my opinion, if you died and had zero deaths, it's almost certainly indicative that you didn't take, you didn't push that envelope quite enough rather than you played perfectly and the rest of your team let you down you know what i mean yeah i agree you ever have zero deaths in a loss bobby ever in your life you think i don't think i've ever had zero deaths period <laughs> probably not we gotta get max in here to to do it dude max is on the show like last time uh, like two weeks ago he was he was popping out some sick stats for uh for me and Barry. I'm sure looking at your account would be very funny. Uh, yeah, it'd probably be hilarious. Yeah, I'm sure we, we would always love it. Yeah, Mike Season 7 uh, with Rival was a good one. Um, where,
2: yeah, that team was around Mike a lot. Yeah, they played That was the Assassins, like Fenrir. Yep, Fenrir Herc. Yeah, he he was really good in that meta.
1: All that kind of stuff. Um, anyways, uh, Leviathan's Kings was the next game that Thursday. Wow, that was a long sidetrack. Uh, not
2: much to say here. Um... It was worse than the first game
1: yeah i mean just set. the right side of the map for the kings continues to be an unmitigated disaster uh yeah there's just no other way to put it um i don't know if i've said it on the podcast but i've said it a lot like just talking about the league the thought the, the you know twig and his wife just had their kid not too long ago i thought about what it would be like to try and compete like play smite professionally um and i in my environment was significantly less, you know, the SCL, the Smite Console League was way less competitive, way less stressful, like way less rigorous.
2: Uh, yeah, it was really only my team and nobody else was very your good. Your team
1: was literally a twinkle in my eye at that point, Bobby, <laughs> you didn't even exist. Uh, that Like, I cannot, those first few months and even still, you know, my, my kid is um, only a few months old trying to, like, I still feel like my brain doesn't function the way it used to the idea of trying to compete in that new parent like zone is unfathomable to me and in my personal just having gone through it recently twig cannot be blamed for any amount of play that he does at all because it's insane to me that he even is showing up and looking human um because i did not feel human at that stage uh for sure Now I don't know what Variety's deal is. Uh I don't I don't have that uh for him. You know, we know he's obviously a better player than what he's been doing recently. Uh but it doesn't change the fact, you know, even with that excuse, you know, I'm not gonna put a whole lot of blame at Captain Twig's feet. Uh but it doesn't change the fact that that right side of the map is a complete disaster for the Kings. And I don't know if I have a whole lot of confidence that it's going to get fixed in time for worlds.
2: Yeah. I think this meta is not a King's meta at all.
1: No, this is like the worst meta possible for the Kings. Probably.
2: I think in a different meta in a different year, I think this Kings could be a top four team, but easily variety on mages, especially with like just his style. This guy's always been someone that loves to soak up pressure, get ganked, Mm -hmm. like live how he shouldn't be able to stay up on farm and now it's just not that <laughs> no no he's just dying
1: no it's uh it's been rough uh, and then
2: it's m- more pressure onto twig because he's solo front line a lot of the times or yep solo engage i guess cuz quick plays a little bit more backline style yep and yeah it's it is tough for for that entire team and the entire meta but i think Quig has actually played pretty pretty solid this year even in their losses i think he looked pretty good
1: yeah yeah i don't think uh i i haven't had a problem with quig's play um i don't think it's been particularly inspiring but i think it's really hard to be the only frontliner who isn't massively behind um yeah and that's really what's been happening in the vast majority of their games this poor backline bro big man and yark like playing yeah it does not matter who you are when your front line is getting crushed you just cannot play damage classes like it just doesn't the, the way MOBAs play, like, if they can just insta-kill your frontline or ignore your frontline, they are going to crush you, uh, and they are getting crushed. Um, which is tough, so we'll have to wait and see for the kings. Um, okay, then it was Ferryman and Dragons. Uh, this set, if I remember correctly, weren't the dragons, like, massively at, They entered game four, right? This is the game they tried to end and couldn't?
2: Uh, they entered Two games. uh, They had a lead in two of them, and they couldn't secure a Titan kill in either of them. Game one and game four.
1: That's right. That's right. Game one and game four. And that continues to be a little bit of a trend uh, for the Dragons. But the Ferryman also are kind of in this trend of they get behind in a lot of games.
2: Yeah, they don't care.
1: And they win. And so why should they care? But I kind of care for them, if I'm a Ferryman fan, that... I just never... There's something I would talk about when I was casting all the time. I don't want to be at the mercy of someone else making a mistake or uh, giving us something to capitalize on. Even if it isn't them making an outright mistake. But if we need any sort of window... Because what just happens if you run into the season... uh, Like season six SK where... I mean, it's not like they were ahead in any amount of their games. But it's just a team that is just all of a sudden... Playing out of their minds, and what if they just don't make mistakes? Uh or enough mistakes for you to capitalize on. I just never want to be the one having to answer questions. I want to be the one posing them, uh, as a pro team. Like what Ferryman, spoiler, obviously do great. They they get the number one seed. Overall, though, it does open up some questions for me about this team going into the world championship because they just weren't good enough early game, um, in my opinion. What what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, they, they play and they draft, like, the first 20 minutes doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They will give up stuff if they don't think they have any potential to fight. Or if they think they have a fight, they'll rotate it to be, like, instead of, like, a 2v2 where they're strong, it's a 3v2 where they're even stronger. Um, and then they draft, like, I mean, their game one draft... Yemoja, Chernobog, Vulcan, Morgan, Naja. Like, other than Naja, everything is looking to farm there. Yep. And, like, it's every single game where they're just picking losing lanes. Ganesh, Hachiman. Like, they are not trying to win anything. But it has been a long time since I've seen somebody teamfight like these guys do. They're so good at it. If it goes late, their macro play in the middle of a fight, their ability to, like, even like micromanage some things. Sino dies in a fight, and Sino will be like giving his team the exactly what they need to do. Yo, Paul, you got to hit this guy. Yo, Baskin, you got to back. And it's like, bro, what the fuck? Like you're you're doing more while you're dead than you are while you're engaging. But I mean, it's not like he's doing that little while he's engaging. But sure. it's just it's crazy how good they team fight and how just good their macro is late game.
1: So you are not, are you? Overall, this is a question that I was. I will ask later as well, for each team, did your ferryman did your stock in the ferryman for winning worlds did it go up, down, or stay the same uh, from this tournament?
2: I think it stayed the same. I had them as my favorite going into this, mm-hmm. and then nothing was like sticking out to me. this team is is better than I thought. It's mostly just they are still probably my favorite, but it is barely like you said, top three, and it's them at one, but it's like one a,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I still think my stock went ever so slightly down just because I'm worried. Like, if the Jade Dragons, you know how it is. When you play on stage, you can either you know, fall back and do you know choke a little bit, or you see players and teams really rise to the occasion and hit levels of play that we've never seen them hit before. Stu at Worlds last year is a really good example of this, where he played his best might he's ever played, through the up through the semifinals then had a little bit of a rough final set but really rose up if a team like the jade dragons who were ahead in three out of these four games elevate their play and just don't don't lose those early don't lose those late game scenarios that one fight that the ferryman win in order to turn it around it it only takes you know one set to knock you out um so I don't know. I'm a little concerned about the ferryman for that reason, but well, I mean, like you said, if every team plays to their absolute maximum potential, I still think the ferrymen have the highest ceiling. Uh, but I think stylistically, they don't necessarily, if we're talking about it being the Leviathans, uh, ferryman and warriors, Leviathans and ferrymen play very similar games. Neither of those teams look very good early. Most, most of the time right leviathans yeah. may be a little bit more consistent early game than the Ferrymen are but make a lot of comeback wins happen the warriors are by far the most early game slanted even with genetics uh yep. out of any of these teams and so if you're the warriors and you're looking at okay we know we're probably gonna have to beat leviathans and the ferryman or one or the other uh they should feel pretty good about their chances because the, the, they've kind of got a rock-paper-scissors matchup, I feel like. Like, if they play perfectly, they'll win based on the way that they're playing the meta uh, right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to start talking about them yet. Yeah, yeah, you know, let's go for it. Yeah, because they played the Leviathans in the next set. This set was a banger. That
2: set was incredible, and I think starting with is, the Warriors are the biggest wild card team coming into this tournament. If you tell me they got quarterfinals like, knocked out, Okay, I mean if any of the top three teams were to happen to, I think it's this team. But this team also has the potential to just go into this world and just stomp everyone they play against and just yep. manhandle them. And I think that's what's scary about them as either the Levi's or the Ferryman. Like the Levi's ferryman, you're basically just playing for three team fight wins or, or five team fight wins, whatever, mm-hmm. however many you need. And this Warriors team just could have you down ten K gold at 12 minutes or something like that. So they they have inconsistently pro- inconsistency problems, so I think it's rather obvious. They mm-hmm. have uh also a I think their macro late game could also use a little bit of work. Agreed. And that's kind of surprising saying with genetics team, but Yep. It's mostly like they're just not on like the same page a lot of the times or it's just like poor overall team play, mm-hmm. but I mean they they've got a little bit of time to grow in that team fight aspect, but I mean, you're right. If if these games, if they match up against those teams, play against either one of them, and it's if they can end the game, like they'll they'll be scary.
1: Yeah, they they really are. I think their play style just gives them a big advantage over the other two teams that are in the top echelon. But they're also the only team out of those three that I think will beat themselves some percentage of yep. the time. Um, yep. I don't think the I think the ferryman will literally never beat themselves. I think the Leviathans beat themselves occasionally but not very often the Warriors definitely uh a higher percentage chance than most top teams we've seen in the history of the yep. league uh for yep. them to just get a little wacky uh and make a series of bad decisions that will uh lose in the game the thing that stood out to me about this set bobby and i don't remember if you were cast were you casting the set or were you on the desk or were you vibing uh i was one of them i don't remember which one i was okay uh I feel like the thing about the Leviathans, just kind of moving on to them, that would concern me if I'm a Leviathans fan. I do not like their picks and bans. I feel like a lot oh, of the they're her- they're horrendous. really bad, right? Yes. What What do you think is their biggest picks and bans problem? Like, if you were coaching Leviathans, what would you be what would you be addressing there? It's like they'll ban stuff that is. Like, you
2: can kind of see it, mm-hmm. but it feels like they, I don't want to say they lose P's and B's, but they, they could be winning a lot of their P's and B's harder mm-hmm. with some things that they could be doing, and I think they weirdly prioritize some gods that other teams don't prioritize like, at all, yep. and it kind of just puts them in this weird spot where they then have like, and I don't want to say like off meta, but like a not top tier pick, and maybe it's like they just really like counter counter picking and... They want to just have like a a lock in in the top two or whatever, but it's like that second and third pick on either side is always just throwing me for a loop.
1: Yeah, I I generally agree. I mean, I felt like in their set against the ferryman, um, you know, game five, number one seed, kind of on the line. These picks and bands, I remember just thinking like, what, what happened? um, Yeah, in the middle here it this these picks and bans it was ferryman on order side i actually didn't remember to look up which if it was order or chaos favored in this tournament i think that's something that is usually pretty interesting to me but i can't remember looking that up this time around it went poseidon rat hunbats bands from ferryman on order side which all generally makes sense uh thoth athena Naja bands from the leviathans thoth i mean look he looked you know he had a couple one shots like all that kind of stuff i still feel like that's a really exploitable pick uh that i'm surprised the leviathans ban that even if it's doing kind of well like i don't know that just feels like such an exploitable pick to me uh and because you're giving up chernabog to cyclone and i feel like that is like what type of character enables the ferryman's playstyle of, Oh, you messed up your macro late. We win the game. Now it's cyclone on Chernabog. Like I feel like yep. this is it. It is inexcusable to give him that God at this point, in my opinion.
2: And even after the nerfs, he's still doing things on that character, which just helps that team. It, it, it allows them to play even safer late game and puts like all the pressure onto you with what he does. Like, He'll just head left, just split push, make you start a fight when the game is even. Mm -hmm. And if you don't start the fight, you lose Phoenix. If you do start the fight, a lot of the times you lose the fight. But at best, like, you go even or something like that. But, like, this entire time, he's just farming on the Paternal Bog, And something that he does really well that I, I can't, like, think back to if another player really does it that well. But if he's not at a fight a lot of the times he won't show on waves and he'll just like farm in the jungle. So he's just like slowly catching up and you just don't know where he is. He's not walking on wards. So like that entire time it could be, Oh, we take a five V five here. He could just be here. And then, then they just have like the potential to use the Chernobog to like chase down or to disengage. But yeah, I mean, I agree. I think they use Chernobog and I think they use Athena like those globals better than any other team does. And it's, I don't think it's particularly close.
1: Yep. I definitely agree with you. Um, leviathans took rige and morgan lefay you know gr- it, that on on paper it's like okay sick we took the mage that uh we took the two best mages in solo uh that are available because we definitely because opwash is banned right oh wait no actually opwash is still open uh who has looked like the best solo mage if it's not beside i feel like beside and opwash have kind of risen to the top of that yep. of that pool uh sure you deny them their choice of either one but you give them I think the best one available uh out of those which is Aplash uh and then Sino picks Nam cuz he's Sino and then always the cardinal sin in my opinion I've been very vocal about this Camazotz Jungle has got to go man like I cannot deal with this anymore bro no cc junglers should be outlawed uh in if I if I were playing in a competitive team and you know I'm playing with uh, El Leon still, and he's like, yeah, give me Kamazot's here. I'm like, sick. Thanks for the help, bro. Like, I'm not getting anything here. Uh, I'm a Kamazot's jungle hater. I think the character's fine, um, but I just feel like he's not what I want my jungler to be doing, which is pace setting, starting fights, setting up for my damage dealers, because uh, he doesn't really do any of that very well.
2: Yeah... I, okay, I g- I generally agree, but there is one scenario where I do think the camera's fine, and it's it was counterpicked. I don't. I think it was adapting that I actually did it first. Uh, he counterpicked it into the Maman, yep. Where that is a really easy because if she ever dashes into you, you can just alt and then bring her to your team, or you can yep. just you know jump away. Definitely a good she jumps dash out. Up. Yep. That is like the one time where I, I was because I even said going into the game I was like I don't like this camera pick, and then like you watch it play out. The Maman can do nothing in that 1v1. Yep. And it's like, okay. That, that okay. I agree Cam is with. fine there.
1: Yep. If your game plan is to get to late and isolate your your jungler 1v1, uh, or I guess if it's being played in mid, if you're trying to isolate the Maman in the 1v1 and you're picking solely to win your 1v1, then I agree. It is very good. In this game, I thought, it, it is not this game, I think in the majority of games, like when I see first pick Camazot's jungle, I'm like, oh, what a, like, yeah. I hate it. Uh, i'm a hater of it i'm not saying it's terrible but in my opinion it isn't great um yeah and then the just the over like they pick uler knox because they're so cc light on the back end of this draft but uh the ferryman still just go ganesh vulcan no cc immunity nemesis no cc immunity opwash no cc immunity uh and there just isn't enough cc on the leviathans that's easily confirmable that you feel like they're going to get a chance to win this game. Although Leviathans did get really far ahead in this game five. For how much I'm saying I didn't like their draft, uh, they got really far ahead in this game, but they just can't do Fire Giant with this draft ever. Yep. Because who DPSs? Like Uller DPS is terrible on objectives. Uh, you know, Morgan LeFay, Rygen, neither one are good secure or burn. Um, Side in there though. Yeah, Poseidon Vulcan cuckoo these are the type that, oh like that's a secure mages baby they're coming back that's
2: a good point about uh cuckoo because there was uh dardas had a a few great cuckoo games yep uh I there he was played a couple other times but Dardez really stuck out to me as like all right maybe maybe cuckoo something into a lot of these because a lot of these comps currently are very very CC light yep like because it's like Ryzen, Morgan and solo I mean even Poseidon pretty CC light opwash and, and then the, a lot of the junglers played right now as you said I mean cam is played uh rat and and Thor somewhat locked in but for the most part a lot of these comps and the, the guardians are, are... Or the supports are also usually backline guardians, so you're not threatened by them either. Yeah. Cuckoo could be like a sneak pick at Worlds, too.
1: I think he looked really, really good. I think Dardez looked really fantastic in this overall tournament. I thought he played... Agreed. I thought he looked like the best Maman player by a pretty wide margin, in my opinion. Yep. He looked like he had the best mastery of that character so far, which was really fun for me to see. Um, did you watch Panaton play it? I did. Wasn't... Uh... I expected a little more from Panny because yeah. I'm so high on Panny. uh He was just getting warmed up. You know, that's all there is to it. He was just getting warmed his, up. His last game on it was pretty good. Yeah. But
2: he had a, a few games on it and it didn't look very good. He's getting warm. Very good.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, all I'm saying is if you believe Maman is strong at Worlds, I'm not giving it to Panatom on the World stage because oh, absolutely that not. dude is just such a beast. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like... I I love to talk about Smite competitive. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. I love talking about how, I mean, I don't know about you. Uh, you obviously have played so much more recently than me, but trying to crack like what I would do or what my team to do uh, in a meta is like the most fun part of it. The ferryman, I really feel like as good as the warriors have looked at times, as good as the Leviathans have looked. I feel like the ferryman are the only ones who are getting it because they're the only ones who are picking Nem, who I think is fantastic in this meta, because if everyone's playing solo mages, who build mostly damage, that means they have, most teams are playing one character that can start fights for you. One. And if you just pick to kill that one character, how do they fight you? Like, that's what this comp is. Leviathans have one fight starter, and it is a Nox root, uh, you know, it's a silence root from Nox that is such a low percentage way to start fights it's so telegraphed it's so easy to kill her and then once nox is dead how do leviathans ever play like i don't know i feel like if i were coaching a team right now that would be the thing is if they pick solo frontline against us why don't we just pick nem sobek ganesh these gods that are really good at isolating fight starters and killing them and then we just take a five on four where as long as we don't get poked we can engage we're good uh i think it's significantly stronger than what i'm seeing a lot of other teams do
2: yeah no i think the nem looks good and i think on top of there only being one engage uh tool it's also like very little cc and she wins a lot of 1v1s against the current junglers like there's not many 1v1 junglers i don't know exactly how the 1v1 with maman works if I, th- I think it's pretty skill based, which is yeah. It's I mean, always interesting if you can to
1: see. Pre beads the stun or the knock up to keep your shield up, and if you can just hold shield, you just have to hold shield until you're low. Because yeah. if you use it early, then she's going to kill you for sure. But if you use yeah. it when you're low, I think you should win.
2: Yeah, absorb like a lot of the bursts, get the little heal, right? Um, but th- there's also like just not a ton of CC in the game. She wins like every one v one currently, except maybe like a late game ADC because they're all building. Deathbringer crit options. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think the Nem looks good. I think especially with her buffs on top of it, teams should be trying her at the very least. Yes, it might not work for every team because I think, uh, I mean, I say it like that, but then Sino plays it, and they're very hard reliant on Sino. So,
1: immediately dropped Sophie for uh, for Calvin as soon as he came in. Sorry, I was listening, Bobby, but no, you're good. Then I was also handed the little. You had better things to do. Man. I get it. And immediately dropped Sophie. Dude, this onesie, he's wearing a this is really good podcast content as always. Uh he's wearing a little Winnie the Pooh onesie and it's like the softest thing known to man. And it's very cute, Cal. You're doing a great job. He loves job, screens. Uh so he is never going to do anything except like stare at all of them.
2: Yeah, he's opening his eyes wide.
1: Yeah, those are fun, right? The screens. We just gotta get we're sir has been trying to get me on to put him on an aim trainer. Uh
2: so, already,
1: yeah. Well, he's thinking you think he's like, ready. I don't know. Here, put the mouse in your hand. All right, I've got a, I've got a smite Xbox controller right here. Go ahead and grab that for me, pal. <laughs> go ahead. He is not grabbing it. Oh, we're grabbing it, and we're in business. But that's the first step. First step complete. Good job, kid. You got it. You're already better than Bobby with the controller. There you go. Wait, how many? Uh worlds did you have with the controller wins <laughs> um well you see what had happened was uh oh Miff Mif myth joined the league That's well no we enough. ran into envy season two in the open bracket um because uh i was convinced to let choc play Sobek in uh at mlg columbus which we should have done <laughs> okay bye kid good night thanks year. sorry for sophie r.i.p dude that little he loves that little giraffe uh parents out there will know sophie the giraffe she's op um Okay, wait. Before I forget, uh, because I'm starting to get hungry, and that's making me think of today's sponsor for the episode. It's Factor Meals. Why didn't I send this to you, Bobby? I should have just made you read this whole thing. Um, but I'm going to have to do it this time instead. Uh, <laughs> unlucky for us, Bobby. Did you know that with the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days? Factor America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy healthy lifestyle. Does that sound like something you'd be interested in, Bobby? It actually does. Yeah. Uh, Well, what if I told you as well that they could level you up with gourmet plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready-to-eat in record time? A a full record there, Bobbert. Uh, You can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, Leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus—any of those tickling your tickling your fancy? I've always
2: wanted to try truffle butter.
1: Well, I've got the place for you to do it, uh, but you're gonna have to wait because I've still got more to read about it. Uh, you can also round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 plus add-ons, including breakfast items like their delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites and potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. Or, for an easy wellness boost, try a refreshing beverage like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. Uh, I mean, come on. What could what could be better than all that? That sounded absolutely excellent. So head to factormeals.com slash backliners50 and use code backliners50 to get 50% off. That's code backliners50 at factormeals.com backliners50. To get fifty percent off. I'm not even I'm, okay. I'm not trolling, Bobby. If you haven't tried Factor, they sent us some a while ago. They are actually like really good. But I was
2: actually not trolling when I said that would actually be good because they I've they're been just doing like little like
1: microwavable this... things. Yeah, two minutes. And like most of the microwavable things, like have you ever gotten those like at the the gym or something like that? Like they've got like the little microwave no. things. Okay, most of the time they they aren't that good, right? Like the rice is like dry and the the meat like the chicken it doesn't taste very good and you know they were like oh we're sending you a factor and i was like okay you know it'll probably be fine just like those are uh i actually like looked forward to eating them they were they were really good barra had all of his in one night he, he liked them so much that's a true story was there bread in all of them no that's how you know really, really that's them. how good it was yeah that's how good it, no bread and they had vegan options for them uh he was actually loving it. Um, so no troll trifactor. It, it is legitimately very good, and it's one of the best ways to support the show. So big shout out to them. Um, okay, we've kind of talked about the the main matchups. Of course, uh, the ferryman Leviathan. We talked about their setup. Uh, Neon brought up a very good point that I want to get to before uh, we kind of wrap on talking about each team's chances. In that, getting first seed in this is actually a bigger deal than in most years because if we are of the belief that it's a three-headed race at the top. If you get the number one seed, theoretically, they will only have to play one of the Warriors or Leviathans to win Worlds, that they should both be on the other side of the bracket. That being said, what you hear players in sports, esports, all that kind of stuff say, you gotta, if you really, if you're going to win Worlds, championship, whatever, uh, it shouldn't matter what your bracket is. It's just, you gotta be able to beat every single team there. But if we're being honest, it's kind of nice to have an easier bracket on the way there. So I think it is actually pretty important for the Ferryman to have won this tournament.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I think that has a lot to do with it. I think maybe in previous years where it wasn't so close at the top three, like where maybe the number one team is super dominant, but the second and third are not there. Mm -hmm. But like, playing against the, like we already talked about it, playing against the Warriors early, like... There are some very... Actually, it's, it might not be the Warriors. Maybe a, a team upsets the Warriors, too. But yeah. say it is the Warriors that makes it through. That is a very scary place to be in, especially when you compare it to the opposite side with the Ferryman, where dragons look great, as, like the four-seed as of now. Dragons look great, but they aren't in that top three. And yep. it's a good, like, warm-up to get you to that final set yep. and then kind of puts you in, like, the, the correct headspace and yeah first seed i think for this tournament has been probably biggest in any tournament or smite ever
1: yeah at least in the in the recent few years i would definitely agree with that um would you take any singular team i guess you said ferryman is number one would you how confident would you be taking them against the field because i think in the majority of years you could take one team against the field and feel fairly confident across the years of smite um would you, how confident would you be in the ferryman ver- if the Ferryman are that team for you uh them versus the field not
2: very confident yeah i would give it like 25 percent ferryman 70 30 eh, percent ferryman seven percent field
1: yeah i think that's probably about fair would you would you take i i, I feel very confident in saying i truly would be shocked if any team that was not the warriors, ferrymen, leviathans, or dragons wins, i would be floored. i think yeah, i would be very i would be incredibly confident taking them against the field. um if you r- remove the dragons from that equation, i still would take the top 3 uh versus yep. the field though that feels like not really the field at that point. um but Yeah, I feel like there, in my opinion, there are four teams with a real legitimate chance at winning. It's not to say, you know, I didn't think SK had a legitimate chance season six, and they won. Um, So, it's not impossible, but I would be surprised for sure.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I think top three pretty confident, like Nearly guarantee one of them, but if you add in the dragons, I think it's got to be one of them. Yeah, and then
1: you never I, know. I also uh, you never know.
2: I also think of the the SEC and SOC, like just hearing players talk about them, they seem to be on like a really middling road right now. But yeah. again, I mean, Mambo last year, I mean they they were a, a good team, but mm-hmm. nobody really expected them to beat many spl teams let alone i, think I they feel beat like two
1: i feel like a lot of people thought oh uh, you're so i'm sorry at the beginning of that yes i agree with that um and then people were really high on them going into worlds that they, i thought that they were considered the favorites over the bolts in yep. the quarterfinals uh which you can go back and check the the podcasts from from this time last year or i guess after that tournament last year uh that team was never in a million years going to beat the Bolts. Um, just stylistically uh and because the bolts were significantly better than every other team had made it i don't know enough about the overall scc soc landscape right now to make a call on if a team can you know make a run i will say this the non you know the the spl teams that are going to be playing which is everyone but that top four i think are all very beatable um I think, I think the bottom of the SPL right now is extremely vulnerable. Uh, I think the Kings are, are very beatable. I think the Ravens are beatable. I think the Hounds are beatable. I think the Glads are beatable. So if we got two SEC teams, it wouldn't surprise me that much. It really wouldn't. Uh, I think those teams then against the top four have a next to zero chance. Um, yeah. But overall... I think it's not impossible for those teams to uh, to make a run, and that's coming up soon, right? Like two weeks from now is the is the first part of that tournament is SEC.
2: Yeah, I think it is. I I think it is the second week of December.
1: Okay, nice. Yeah, I think it is two weeks. I'll have to get in there and preview some teams. That'll that'll do you.
2: Do you think like if I told you? the top four teams, one of them didn't make it. How surprised would you be? Like to the to semis? To semis? So like, e- either the Dragons. Uh,
1: I would be very surprised.
2: Ferryman, Levi's, Warriors. One of them didn't make it.
1: I would be more surprised that one of those four didn't make it than if the Dragons beat the ferryman in the semis. That would surprise me less than if one of those top four didn't make it. Do so you think the Dragons are
2: closer to the ferryman than the Dragons are closer to the rest of the field?
1: No, because, I mean, the dragons 3-2'd the kings, like, and that set was kind of close. But that was, like, some really ugly smite. I think it's, it's, the dragons are definitely closer to the bottom end, but I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess I wouldn't be that surprised. I would be a little surprised. I don't know. I can see, I can talk myself into thinking that any of the top three gets upset based on play style. Because the Warriors could beat themselves, as we've as we've talked about. The Ferryman and Levi's could just get rolled early. Uh, and the Levi's could do it through a bad draft. Like, those things are feasible. Um, but I just find them to be unlikely. I just wouldn't be that surprised if the Dragons made it to finals. Um, because that team has looked like they have the potential... To be the most, if the if the top three were a top four, right? If we thought the dragons were on the same level as the top three, they would be the most well-rounded team out of the four by a country mile, in my opinion. They would have the most capability to win early and still win and come back and win late, or uh, drag an even game out um, and win late. They they've sh- shown the most versatility and they've shown the most meta pushing like the Maman mid, obviously the Leviathans were playing it as well. Yep. Um, you know, who knows who came up with that strategy first, like in scrims, maybe I'm giving too much credit to the dragons because we just happen to see them first. Uh, but I think they're the team that is the, has the potential to become the most well-rounded out of those four. Uh, so that's why I'm higher on them than their results. Probably, uh, indicate that I should be. Um. Yeah, I also think the Dragons kind of have a,
2: a good setup for for this entire tournament, because they'll play the best team. Well, in theory, they'll play the best team uh, other than, like, the, the final three in the first round. And then they play, I think, a team that they match up, like, good with, like them and the Levi's. I think they have, like, an equal shot. Mm-hmm. I think this team has little to no chance against the Warriors. Something mm. about how the Warriors play into them it just is like big bro, little bro type of, type of stuff. Yeah. But they, when they play the Ferrymen and they play the Levi's, they look like a top four team. When they play the Warriors, they look like a six seed team.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I think that that is a, a very bad matchup for them. Yeah, I don't know. The more I've talked about it, the more I think the top three are ordered a little bit in my mind. Uh, and I do think it is Ferrymen... Then Warriors, then Levi's. Even though the Levi's just beat the Warriors, um, I, my gut is just telling me that that's the order that they that those top three should be in. But like I said, we're splitting hairs, um, at the top end there. So it it could. That go was either an way. incredible
2: set, too. Yeah, it really was. Levi's Warriors set.
1: It really was. Um, but man, really. This is shaping up to be a sick world championship. Uh yeah. I think it's I think it's gonna be really good. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. Um all right, real quick before we get to the random question of the week, let's go through each team and say if your stock rose stay the same or dropped uh after the tournament. And they can't all say the same, Bobby. You know, we gotta take so we gotta yeah. get some hot takes here. We already talked about the ferryman. You had them staying the same in stock, I had them dropping slightly. Let's talk yep. about the number two seed in the Leviathans. Did your stock in them raise, stay the same, or drop?
2: I think it dropped a little bit. Not not much, but probably the same amount as yours dropped with the, the Ferryman.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that they also dropped slightly to me. Um, Warriors, I think, stayed about the same, in my opinion. Uh, they had some great games. They had some really bad games. Um, they did about what I expected.
2: I think uh, I think the Warriors raised a little bit in my mind. I think they they easily could have taken that set over the Levis, and then they stomped the the Dragons and they stomped the Ravens.
1: Yep, yeah, they. crushed the they actually. Those teams.
2: Uh, yeah, I think they they move up a little bit for me.
1: Sure, I think that's fair. Uh, Dragons, you know, they crushed the Ravens. Well, they three one the Ravens, but they kind of crushed them in that set uh they three they get three one by the ferryman they three two the kings who drop significantly uh in my opinion um just getting ahead of myself a little bit and then they get crushed by the warriors and i still have the moving up a little bit just because i thought they should have won that set against the ferryman with how they were playing yeah i th- Man, I, think I need to go down. back and watch that king set i have to watch i only watched part of that king set I think it nearly caught it was game five. Not good. I gotta watch it so that I can get some a dose of reality. I think about this Dragons team. It it
2: was bad from the Dragons more than it was good for the Kings. Like it yes. was, it was not a good Dragon set. And then I think that they just kind of carried like over the momentum from like that bad day over into the next set and made them look even worse against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. But I think they have to go. They have to come down a little bit for me, even though they did play very close to the Ferrymen. The other two sets were just so bad.
1: Yeah that's fair because i watched all of thursday and friday and only caught parts of saturday and sunday so that's probably why i'm coming away higher on them uh because those were certainly the two sets that where they probably looked the worst so just in, in in all honesty uh my lens is pretty tinted in that way uh because i didn't get to watch all of their games saturday sunday but did thursday friday and i thought they looked better in those two than uh i expected them to um, Kings, yeah, man. I mean, Kings. It was like, oh, they might, they could have turned up, you know. Like they've got all this talent, and you know, they just won worlds, uh, only won roster change, all this kind of stuff. They are out of the conversation for me now. They they dropped. See, they they had the biggest movement, uh, and it was the wrong way.
2: Yeah, I think they. Definitely moved and it was not in the positive direction for me. Also, they just maybe if I see him in a in like another meta in another year, I can say something positive about it. But heading into this worlds, there is no way I can see this team like th- this team might be my my most likely upset over even the other three SPL teams that aren't like the top three or top four.
1: That's how they much need to I, they need to qualify like I'm not yeah, even that's sure what they're I'm worried going. about Yeah, like I'm not even sure they're going to.
2: Yeah, so definitely moved down
1: a lot. The Ravens, I mean, to be honest, I didn't expect a great performance from them. Um they still looked worse than I thought they would. So I guess that I have to move them down but it isn't by that much. I haven't felt like the Ravens are going are on the cusp of breaking into that top end all phase. Um I don't think that they are now. Uh yeah, I'm pretty low on the Ravens currently. See,
2: I I was a little high on them coming into the tournament because they they had played the Levi's the last week of the season mm-hmm. for implications and it went 5 and they looked great like this was a really good set and so i actually thought they were going to beat the dragons in that uh first round and their p's and b's were bad their team play was bad they did not look good they got molly whopped by the, the the warriors they have to come down for me a probably a, a good amount more than you because i had kind of decent expectations for them sure
1: I think that makes sense. Um, All right. That gets us set up nicely for the world championship, which is not that far away, which is really crazy. Um, All right. Let's go to our random question of the week. Of course, we grab these from our community discord, patreon.com slash backliners is the place to go. If you want to get involved there, which I think you should Uh, Hiru wants to know what is one activity errand or task that you, that you thought as a kid would be quick and easy to do, but realize it takes an incredulous amount of time as an adult. Oh, I've got one right off the rip here. Cooking. I got one. It's how does cooking and cleaning take this long? Like, yeah, it's criminal, right?
2: Yeah, that is it. it it's because like the cooking, you have to like wait for the food to get warm and then you have to clean the dishes after. Yeah. And then you have to eat the food too. And it's like a, it's like a two hour long activity and it's not a really, it's like a chore.
1: Yeah. It's, it's absolutely brutal. Uh, I can't stand it. Um, i think it should be illegal um personally and that's why factor meals dot com slash backliners uh 50 is the uh is the place to go um just kidding but not really uh hold on one second sorry i gotta reply to this um sorry he was just asking a question about when he had eaten um okay next question uh is Wait, oh, oh. What, don't I get an answer? Oh, sorry. No, I thought that was your answer. I thought you were disagreeing with no, me. No, 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 no. Oh, no,
2: Yeah, please. Mine is laundry. I thought you would just toss oh, yeah. it into the washer. The washer would do everything. You'd dry it. Take you two minutes to fold the laundry. Bro, yeah, it takes, like, not that long to put it in the
1: washer, but folding clothes takes a stupid amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good one. Also, like, mowing the lawn... Like, it doesn't take that long, but if you actually want your lawn to look like good, like that takes a lot of time.
2: Okay. I, I, okay. Slight tangent, but it yeah. is about mowing the lawn. Please do. Well, I was young. There's always a kid that's like the designated, you know, lawn mower person. Yep. That was me. Uh-huh. And we lived on 10 acres of land. Oh my so, God. And I had to mow all of it. So Did you I have would literally mower? spend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank, thank goodness God. for that. Yeah. But I would spend five hours in one day just to mow the entire lawn and i would just be sitting there i'd have to like take breaks stand up get some blood back into my legs that was terrible
1: yeah that is absolutely insane 10 acres is a lot i had never mowed a lawn until we bought a house because i'm allergic to grass this is like a real thing i'm allergic <laughs> to grass uh, like if i lay down in the grass for like 5 minutes i'll have hives all over me uh, and freshly mowed grass like really upsets my allergies but I've just got to do it, you know, now that, now that, uh, we own a house. Um, and so I literally never done it and was like, a, I was like, what do I do? Like I was a turbo noob. Um, it is kind of enjoyable though, in a way. It can be. if you're not on 10 acres. Yeah. Like the, the I was thinking one time I was like mowing. I, I had waited way too long to mow because it's me. Uh, and it's really satisfying to like mow you know a portion and then you turn around and you see the difference right away if working out was like that like if you could yes. like lift some weights and then you instantly see your muscle be bigger everyone like i would be at the gym every day like it would be the best you know uh unfortunately it isn't that way doesn't
2: work like that i think it's though.
1: i, it I should agree. i think it should um before we uh before we keep going i did want to let you know that we also have a second sponsor for this week which i had uh forgotten to read about earlier, that is my mistake. Especially cuz it's one of our favorites. It's uh, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um this is uh, obviously getting to be the holiday time of year, which is a lot of fun but also can be very very stressful and if you haven't uh you know made the leap to trying to find a therapist to talk to, uh now is a great great time to do it. And one of the hardest parts about starting going to therapy is how do you find a therapist? You know, what if you don't like them? All that kind of stuff. And that's why we are big fans of BetterHelp, because they take away those most difficult parts uh, and make it a lot easier. So they could, all you have to do is just go ahead and fill out a short questionnaire. They help you find a therapist and you can change it any for no additional cost, which is absolutely huge. So keep going until you find that therapist that works for you, because when you find it, It'll be such a big help. Uh, can't express enough how important it's been for me. Bear has talked about it a lot as well. So really, uh, really big, big fans of finding a way to, to talk to someone who is unbiased and an expert in how your brain works, which is, uh, which is very, very cool. Um, so, yeah, again, it's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Backliners today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com Backliners. Big shout outs to them for, uh, for sponsoring the show. Um, okay, our next random question of the week uh, from Neon. How many chickens do you think it would take to kill you? Huh. I've never thought about this one. <laughs> it's tough. We've talked a lot about like, you know, Mifflin versus how many gorillas. Um, one baby gorilla could take Mifflin and yeah. rip him in half. It is not close by the way. He would, <laughs> he would have no, ch- how many Mifflins would it take to kill one adult gorilla? It's a number well over 100.
2: Um, Dude, even Mif versus like a chimp. Yeah, would. I'm taking the chimp. They would, he would get slapped and can around fight, by him
1: for the record. He is not, he is not soft. Uh, he is a man who has been in many fights. He will tell you about them. Uh, it's not an insult. It's that a gorilla is incredibly strong. Dude,
2: and they have like, you can't hurt times it. the strength of a human.
1: Yeah. You can't, he couldn't hurt it. Uh, that's the main, pr- this was a longstanding bit as you know, cause you've been on the podcast a thousand times now, Bobby for years and years. And this years. is my first one. Don't do that. Uh, that was a that was our question that we would ask every guest is, could one gorilla beat one hundred Mifflins, um, in a fight? One hundred Mifflins. Yeah, I'm taking the gorilla every time.
2: It would be a. It, it depends. Has, has Miff, you know, been working out? No, it's Mifflin no. tomorrow. Oh, Miff on a Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. Give me the gorilla. Miff on a Saturday
1: um and he I'll knows it's on a this, saturday it's he yeah. knows it's this saturday yeah i'll take miff on the saturday give me the gorilla 100 <laughs> you could wake that gorilla up from a nap and i'd take it uh <laughs> if miff had a couple days to prepare anyways how many chickens do you think it would take to kill you um on my worst day one because i could just choke on a bone right like that's true it could only take one if it's like me in the gorilla arena um no exit I mean here's the thing god we're going to get way too into this uh eventually you're going to lose your footing right the blood is the, the blood is going to make the ground really wet and you're going to slip you know you're going to step on a bone you're going to step on a chicken whatever it is there I'm going to slip and as soon as you hit the ground, you are screwed. If this, if we're talking like an infinite amount of chickens and it's just how many you encounter before you die, you can't, they're going to, they're going to get you as soon as you're on the ground, right? So you have to stay upright and eventually there would just be too many chickens that I have taken care of, uh, to handle, you know? So like, I don't know, I'd guess it's probably not as many as I'd like it to be. Um, but I'm also weak and old. So, like a couple hundred, probably? You think you could take 200? Kind of, yeah. You think you could take 200 I'd chickens? get worn down, and then I'd step on a slick you, spot, I'd go down, and then I'm toast. You think you could
2: destroy 150 chickens and still have energy to do 40 more? No, no, you're right. No, probably I was going to say, like, 80
1: you think 80 for you or for me? For me. Wow. Okay. If you think you can only do 80, it's almost certain that I can only do like 50. Chickens are like deceptive birds. Like they're not like a goose or anything. Yeah. Dude, four geese. I'm losing. Like, oh no. I think <laughs> they've oh, got me a goose,
2: Like yeah. A goose versus Mifflin. Give me the goose.
1: <laughs> Cause they're mean. They want it more than me. Like, they do. They want it more They're than me. dicks. for sure. I, they are total. They are total jerks. Yeah, I feel like. No, I feel like we're selling. You're selling yourself short, Bobby, for sure.
2: Bro, the 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 amount of energy you'd have to put forth to kill the chicken. It wouldn't be because it's much. not like it's not like you just have to like punch it and it's done. Yeah, or like kick no. it and it's done.
1: It almost certainly you could punch it and it was done. No, you'd have to like snap its neck. Yeah, but they're bird bones. They they're they're so light. They're not dense. Like it's okay, so maybe easy. you could kick it. Here's the problem. Here's the mm-hmm. here's the noob trap, Bobby. If you if you behead a bunch of them at once, they're still up. You know, like that's what you got to be careful of. You can't be. Behered. Oh yeah, you don't want to do that. Don't do that. Yeah, I don't know. I think that you could take like Neon's giving you two hundred. Maybe I'm. I think you're in triple digits for sure. Oh, it's time lived on a farm. They say, if you kick it, that's taken care of. So that's big. Okay. I thought it would be like, you have to put like
2: a little bit of something behind it. No,
1: but here's the they're thing. If you're like... kicking, that's, that's, you could go down early. I'm telling you, if you get 10 and then you slip, you're gone. Like you can, cause they're going to get your eyes, you know? And once your eyes are gone, you're, you're <laughs> out of the, you're out of the race. Like you have nothing. I I still think 80. I think I could do about 60. I'm going to go with 60. Uh, Okay,
2: fine. You can have 80. I'll take 100.
1: Deal. I'll take 80. You can take 100. Uh, That's our guess. Uh, I don't want to find out, though, because... No, uh, I'm on it. you know those, like, Travis Kelsey tweets that were, like, the old ones, like, that were popping up a couple, like, last week, like, people digging up his old tweets, and most of the time, old athlete tweets are, like some weird sexual stuff or like you know, yes. a slur, but his are like, can't wait to take this nap. Like I love that guy. Uh, one of them was, Hey Travis, uh, who would win between a bear and a shark? Or do you think you could beat a bear or a shark in a fight? And he just, he just quote tweeted it and replied, I don't hurt animals. Like I'll say it again. I do not hurt animals. Like such a, <laughs> such a based response. Uh, that is my overall response to this question. Um, I don't hurt animals. I don't hurt animals. Yeah, dude, Travis Kelsey's just a, wouldn't it suck if it turned out that he sucked? I think about that a lot with like people that I like that are like, there's a few, figures. there's a few, you know, who I think that about Mike McDaniels. Wouldn't that suck? If Mike McDaniels turned out to be a huge piece, no, I don't Dude, think he's he like is. my favorite coach already. I know he's so he's funny. been in the league for like a year. He's so funny, he's obviously a sick NFL coach. Uh, and he's just like, a, I want to hang out with that guy. Uh, I'd be so sad if it turned out he sucked. Agreed I he 100%. I
2: don't
1: think he does for the really,
2: he doesn't because it'd be like the same vein as like. Keanu Reeves just being, like, a fucking closet asshole just somehow. Yeah, just
1: a total piece. That would that that would that would really suck. But that also is not happening, of course. Um, yeah, there have been some... I feel like you have to kind of assume that almost every celebrity is worse than you think they are at their base. Yeah. Uh, I do not think that for, like, Keanu Reeves, Tom Hanks.
2: Uh, yep, that's a good one.
1: Mike McDaniels, you know, those guys... Uh, or McDaniel. Those, those guys are beasts. Uh, I hope. And I don't want to know. I do want to know if they're bad, um, but I hope they aren't um, at the very least. Uh, Bobby, last thing before we go, uh, Justin Jefferson activated oh. off IR this week. Big for the Vikings and big for my fantasy team. Maybe.
2: If Josh Dobbs plays anything like he did yesterday. Your season is over.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, oh, but Hey, at least Matt Canada's on the street um and the Steelers can be an offensive team once again that's I thought they
2: were gonna get rid of Tomlin and you know promote Canada
1: yeah give him head coaching duties can you imagine what the city would have done if that if that had happened
2: could you imagine how the Steelers would look with Matt Canada
1: head coach uh uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh. we'd look like the Browns like for the majority <laughs> of my life not the Browns <laughs> the... Who are... okay I was gonna say aren't the Browns somehow kind Are, of they have the him. same record as you bro they're a poverty franchise they're never going to win it doesn't matter deshaun watson it could be healthy i i wouldn't care that team cannot win that's a losing franchise like they only lose i have no fear uh that that team is going to win a super bowl in my lifetime i honestly don't think it'll happen maybe if they had chubb Nope, I would disagree. Watson and Chubb could be perfectly healthy. Their defense is sick. They've got good. They would have good tools offensively. I would still be absolutely confident they would never win the Super Bowl. No way. Yep. This year, yep. They're deep, this year, they have like
2: a top five defense. Yeah, they're great. Deshaun Watson looks like an actual quarterback again. Sure. Their running back would average more than like I think Jerome Ford's averaging like three six or something like that. And Nick Cream Chubb's Hunt's averaging like three beast.
1: eight. Yep, they would have no chance.
2: Poverty franchise. They make playoffs at least.
1: Yeah, they make the playoffs. Poverty franchise though can't win. There are some teams that just can't win. I think they would have to be so much better than everyone else and then still get lucky because I don't. I think they're incapable of it. I really do. I thought you were gonna
2: go and fucking hit me with that too. Some teams just poverty franchises. The
1: Vikings. I mean, have you ever felt like the Vikings have a real like this is our year? Yes. When Farve was Multiple there? Multiple times, and every time, we fail. <laughs> which is probably worse. Yeah, that is worse. You should just accept that you... The Vikings are... They aren't quite to poverty franchise level.
2: We're just the most middling franchise of all time.
1: Yeah, you're just mid. But that means you could win. Like, you could win. Like, the Bucks That's were a middling team. You know, that was a mid-franchise for a long time. And then they won. Like the Wolves, right? um yeah super middling right yeah the wolves could win the wolves could win anthony edwards has single-handedly pulled them out of poverty franchise zone i love it he it it only takes one player to take you out of the cavaliers are still a poverty franchise they literally had the best basketball player ever born don't michael jordan at me uh lebron is better i'm sorry uh they literally had the best basketball player of all time born in their backyard and and they fumbled him, and then he came back to win a championship. They had to get—that's how poverty that franchise was. He had to come
2: back, and he left again. And then he, he left didn't again. Want to do it again.
1: <laughs> right. That that team is cursed forever. Like that team is never gonna win again. I swear. Imagine, they're never gonna be good. Imagine Mahomes was born in Pittsburgh. Yep. Was drafted to Pittsburgh. We would win seven championships in a row.
2: He wouldn't even leave. No, like how bad do you have to be he would never to leave. have a player born where you were, yep. get drafted to that team, yep. and also be a fantastic player, not not just like some some nobody. Yep. And all you have to do is just give him some decent pieces, and you win. Yep. And they couldn't do that. Poverty franchise. He had, he had he he had to hit his prime. He had to like go and like climb a mountain just to learn how to win with the Cleveland Cavaliers,
1: bro. He literally like one v nine to whole playoffs, like to win you it took a literal Herculean effort from the greatest player in your sport ever born for you to win a championship. (laughs) You are never winning again. Like they will never win another championship. I'm, I would, I could live to be a hundred. I will never see the Cavaliers win another championship. I'm so sure. There's just something about it. You know, like there's something in the air about the, the, maybe it's just, I'm a Cleveland hater. Of course. Like it's just how I have to be being from Pittsburgh. Um, but man, no chance uh, for the Browns, for the Cavaliers. I, uh, poor Cleveland fans are, like, catching a huge stray on this episode, like, for no reason whatsoever. I just talk about how all their franchises Deserves. are poverty. But, sorry, like, root for better teams. Like, uh, it's a fine. Will a non-Twins team win in Minnesota? Yeah, I think the Timberwolves have a chance to win. They can win this year, on God. That seems good.
2: Oh, we are so good this year.
1: All we need... okay.
2: Like knock on wood, mm-hmm. J.D. McDaniels needs to be healthy. Yeah, Ant cannot do it all alone. Nope, he can't do it with Cat. He can't do it with Gobert. If McDaniels is healthy, like if McDaniels is healthy in playoffs last year, okay, I won't say that. Don't but we that. would we would take a couple games off of off of uh the Nuggets last year.
1: Can we like say even? Can we say objectively still that even though your team is good and they have a chance to win the title, that that Gobert trade was still terrible. Like we can all agree to that, right, bro? Imagine if we had F- Jared Vanderbilt instead.
2: All we need is just Jared Vanderbilt for Gobert. Straight up, right now, we'd be a better team. Like,
1: uh, I'm sorry, man. I know what the advanced stats say about Gobert's defense. The eye test just tells me something different, bro. I don't know. Like,
2: if he if he drains a three this year, I'll change my tune on that.
1: Uh, means he's got to take a lot of threes, Bobby.
2: <laughs> no, did you hear in the offseason he was uh, he was working on his three point game? Yep, and so he is, I think he shot like six or something threes this year and he just he's missed them all.
1: Yeah, that is not where you want
2: You have to work it out a little bit
1: more. That is not where you want your guy to be. Okay, let's let's call it there. Go Timberwolves, uh, I guess, uh, Woo! but go Nuggets actually because Meerkat will kill me if I, if I say otherwise. Go Hawks above all other NBA teams, not a poverty franchise. We will win one day. I'll uh, young. Uh-huh. keep telling yourself um I will um for sure he's he's turning it back up okay, he's turning on the gas. all right. thanks everyone for watching. oh my God we have okay, can you do the buy that's normally Bear's thing I tried bye. to do it one week. it was bad. I'm gonna say like uh Bobby, you know what to do and then I'm gonna transition out of it, but you're gonna hit like a kind of long like buy like type of thing um, bye. yeah that's f- yeah, yeah, yeah you're on the right track so like what like b- tell me what to do with it um well it was just pointers. a little fl- it was a little flat um uh, no we don't want you to sing it uh it's more like uh imagine we're driving away and you're like waving on the front stoop uh, you know? oh and think about how much you love bread and playing scotty with berserker shield like that'll get you in the uh, uh, yeah we're getting better there okay yeah that we're getting better okay yeah we'll see you probably next week uh in order to Bye. talk about some SEC teams. Until then, you know what to do. No. Bye. Okay, Bye. Yeah. You're doing great, Bobby. Go uh. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, just, Bye. yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Great. Oh, my God. Oh. Vera's going to be so upset. I think he liked it.